Blog Talk Radio. That time, we have the people. This is Eric Noimoana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this season. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruche. I have great thoughts. It's The Net Live right now. <laughs> I like that Casey Patterson just said boom because we just saw a boom. We just broke into a bank vault here. Surprised you're paying attention, Kevin, because you're currently playing Grand Theft Auto 12 or whatever number on 5. Grand Theft Auto 5 released today. I have committed only one felony, but that's because I have to do this program. I would uh, I would be committing other felonies right now if it were not for this show. Thought I was going to do the show solo. Well, this is like a man cave, right? We talked some volleyball, but we have the man cave aspect kicking in here. Yeah, your whole entertainment system is now up and running. I thought you had a brand new TV. It just looks better because of the fur- new furniture you have up there that you did yourself. New furniture, paint it on the wall, put the TV in there, hang it on the wall, get into some nice accent lamps, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, things are looking up in the home court. You need to hide some wires. I do. Uh, th- those, actually, for the lamps, yeah, I mean, I should have them go straight down. they got to be on a... Uh, on a remote. They're not on a remote yet. Oh, gotcha. But things will get there. Those yeah. wires go back down. Everything else is hidden. Baby steps, Kevin. Baby yeah. steps. In time, Jeremy. In time. Give <laughs> some time here. i got to host this program and broadcast volleyball. Man, i got to earn a living here so I can pay for this stuff. Welcome to Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Barnett, and you heard him. DJ Jeremy Ruscha back. He made it back from Florida, ladies and gentlemen. He even looks uh, warm and dry instead of cold and wet. I was not cold at all whatsoever. Oh, Laura, let's just, just get wet. that straight. Just not cold one bit. Hot and wet. Even wet when it wasn't raining. Got As Robin Williams said, good with your woman, bad if you're in the jungle. <laughs> good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Robin Williams, great actor, by the way. Just yes. as an aside, fantastic actor. Dead Poet Society, one of my all-time favorites. All-time favorites. He's legitimately crazy, but he's a good actor. Legitimately crazy, no doubt, but makes for a good watch on late-night television. Welcome into the Net Live. We hope to plan a... Uh, a show that would measure up to Robin Williams' standards here on this program today on a Tuesday afternoon. We are glad you have joined us, or if you're getting us via iTunes, we appreciate you doing that I have as to well. pause you for a hot second, Texas Troll, in the uh, in the chat board. He's already active. Huh? Asked you why you need lamps in his cave. Caves never need lamps, is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Should caves have candles? Is that what we ought to have? Basically. It you have look, no electricity in caves. It ought to look like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It should look like Game of Thrones up here. That would be good. Awesome. We have a nice show planned for you today. Allegedly, we have Mike Wall, assistant coach. What does that mean? For the men's national team. That means there were a flurry of emails back and forth between myself, Mike Wall, and Reed Pretty. The last email said, yes, Mike, here's your time, here's your number. Email me back with the number that you're calling, and that was the last I heard. So Mm -hmm. allegedly, we have Mike Wall coming on the program. Confirmed, because you booked him, Jeremy. Yeah, I was about to say, the guest that you got is not confirmed. The guest that I booked is confirmed. That is correct. April Ross. You're be- welcome. Beginning a new chapter of her volleyball life, ending a what has been a great chapter. Seven years. Of her volleyball life. Seven years with her partner at one point, Boss Ross, but then Kessie Ross. And we will have April Ross on here to talk about the past and look forward to 
the future. Silver medalist, April Ross. And you know, in this program, we celebrate silver medals. Of course. We do that here. We also have College Volleyball Weekly coming up, ABCA College Volleyball Weekly. That'll be with Brandon Rosenthal and Dev Static. We met Dev last week. She did a great job. She is on board. So welcome to the NetLive family, Dev Static. Uh, lots of good stuff going on all over the world today. As forementioned, uh, GTA 5 is out, so I hope that you are also committing felonies out there if that's your thing. Oh, boy. I don't get into a video game often these days. I just don't have time to commit, but I'm willing to waste a little time with this one. It got four stars out of four stars, and frankly, I like carjacking and shooting things up. It was on your doorstep when I walked in this morning, so it was almost like it was a gift for me to you because I handed it to you. You brought it in. I did celebrate. I was on my conference call for Fox Sports West. I did celebrate. You fist bumped. (laughs) Hey, but that's not the only thing going on. Women's North Seca is happening right now. So I hope if you live in Nebraska, South Dakota, Iowa, Colorado, Illinois, or anywhere Close to those states, we'll even maybe extend it to Indiana, Kentucky, Arkansas. You need to go to this event. Kansas, you have no excuse. Kansas, you need to be there. Wyoming, you might have an excuse. It's a big state. There's not a lot of roads. There's too many uh, open spaces. But if you live in any of those other states, you have no excuse. Get to Women's North Seca. Go see this team play. You will see. Some of the most talented women, I think, in the history of the game, potentially. Interesting. So we'll see. This is a lot of potential on display right now, uh, and it is happening in Omaha, Nebraska. It is, in fact, live stream. So if you are not there, if you do not live in one of the states I just mentioned and you feel like you're off the hook, you are not. Go on to USAV.org and sign in there. It is the right price for the volleyball world, zero dollars to watch the Norseka women's live stream. And they're not only calling the women's matches that involve the United States team, they're also calling the matches that involve every other team in that event. And by live stream, we have commentators? Yeah, Mark Sherman, uh, president, not president, uh, former, uh, or former? No. Take I was trying to, I'm trying to think if he's been on the show before. Take I'm stuck time. there. Yeah. Take your time. I'm stuck there. I'm not sure that he's uh, he's been on the show, but I've talked to him several times, a new guy who's been doing some stuff at World League. That's why I've seen him a fair amount this summer. I believe he's calling it along with someone else. So they have a couple of people there on and calling it, and I'm not uh, – oh, my goodness. I, uh, I'm i sorry to interrupt. I keep interrupting you, but I'm looking at – I hadn't looked at that. Volleyball Magazine, the October 2013 issue, which I have a little article in there, but I flipped it over to look at the back – and there's a guy that uh, you may have heard of. His name is Reed Pretty. He uh, is sponsored by Mikasa. And there is a um, very interesting ad on the back of Volleyball Magazine. Somebody had uh, messaged me about this, and I had no idea what they meant until now. I think it's awesome. Maybe wow. Take a so, photo of it and put it on uh, put it on our Facebook page. So we had London calling Reed Pretty dressed up as a beef eater, and now we have Reed Pretty doing his best Muhammad Ali. Which one do you think Reed likes better? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely the one with the shirt off, where they used Photoshop to make his traps look like Goldberg. <laughs> definitely, Reed, Reed's weighing in at about two fifty in that photo. Yeah, he's looking Goldberg esque, and he's got the high pants going on there. I like that. I was asking if he get, got to keep the high pants. It's a nice ad. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. And if you think of Muhammad Ali, there's one photo that you remember. The iconic where he's giving the flex down that happened in the blink of an eye, by the way, after he knocked somebody out standing over him. That's it. That's, that's Reed Pretty. Now, who is it that he knocked out? That's the question. You know, but the guy was on the it, ground uh, doesn't look very like... Not Reed, Muhammad Ali. 
Uh, I don't remember. That's what I'm wondering. Was it uh, was it Ken Novak? No, Ken. I don't remember. Who is it? Who is it that was in that fight? Chat board, help us out, man. That was BJ, Kevin, before Jeremy. Before Jeremy. <laughs> so we have a lot planned for you on this program. Uh, Jeremy, I understand that your event was rained out. That and that were finals. So there everybody a, gets a trophy. It was a partial final. It's going to be exciting. Everyone's going to get a trophy. They're going to hand out uh, 16 medals to everyone, and they're going to split the cash. So kittens, what does is, what is BVB Info do with this kittens and AYSO candles, event that they're running? candles for everybody. ABP AYSO St. Pete. So <laughs> the women's finals is canceled. They uh-huh. split the points and the prize money between first and second place evenly amongst themselves. That Dustin and I did not get any cut of that for some reason. That's a mistake. On um, they won't, so it doesn't go down as a victory for anybody unless you ask Summer. She may claim that she won the tournament. <laughs> uh, but on the men, I, like I like the confidence. On the men's side, we have got we had gotten through game one. Jake Gibb and Casey Patterson won twenty-two twenty in game or set, if you prefer, over Nick Lucena and Theo Bruner. And we were partway through game two at the 11-10 crossover when the all-warning signal went out. And it was like, we have to get off the metal perch right now. So it was a lightning issue, not necessarily a rain issue. It was there, was, a lightning there was lightning in the background. And we were we were in Vinoy Park in St. Petersburg, Florida, which was awesome. It was a great, great venue, great view, especially for me. And... The bay, or it was part of the golf side, but the golf side was next to us, and the water close to us was super calm. Mm-hmm. But you could see far out the white choppiness coming in. It almost looked like somebody was walking on the water because it was very calm close to us, but you could see the white choppy stuff just making its way closer and closer and closer and closer, and that was the wind. Like All of a sudden, it was, there was no wind, and a half second later, it was gusting. Nice. So I'm throwing all my all my equipment into my backpack because I'm like, we're getting off this metal stage, and I'm going to run to the player's tent like I did on Friday when the rain started happening. By the time I get my stuff in my backpack, mind you, I put all of my stuff in my backpack because this time I had a feeling I wasn't coming back. Right. So everything I everything that was my responsibility was in my backpack. Put it on there. I look to my left to see if the path is here for me to get down the ladder to the player's tent, all the players are running out of the tent. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not going there. <laughs> the player's tent was the only tent that had four had walls all the way around it, like the beer garden and the VIP area stuff. Like they had a top, but there was no enclosure. Like the player's tent was enclosed. They were shooting, uh, pumping cold air into it for AC to keep it cool in there. Okay. Um, so once I saw all the players leaving the player's tent, I realized that's not where my final destination was going to be. Apparently, uh, the wind picked up some of the walls in the player's tent. Like, it just opened up, and it was like, oh, like, and storms coming through. It's not not raining yet. It's just super windy, and it's on its way. And uh, players had been, I think, more females than guys, obviously, because of the uh, bikini thing. But girls were drying their bikinis, like, in the shower area to the side. Bikinis all over, just scattered all over Vinoy Park right now. <laughs> a bikini bomb. Yes, exactly. April Ross said, I think she said she lost two bikinis and flip-flops. 
Wow. Yeah. They the players sounds said, like a cataclysm. The players said they weren't in a state of panic until Nick Lucena, who was playing on stadium court, ran in there. Came running through. Ah! Ran in there, yelled at Brooke, grabbed the kid, we're out of here. And because being that he's from Florida, all the other players took that as a sign, like, yeah, we need to get out of here, too. <laughs> the locusts were coming. It was yeah. going to start raining yep. frogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, there was lightning, really lots of wind. I had gotten to the shuttle before it started to rain, which is good because I don't like when my backpack gets wet. And um, for all of you who are... Or the faux hawk. Yes, like the faux hawk and for the people either. on the chat board who are concerned, my hair did not get messed up. Fear not. <laughs> so the men's finals was at eleven ten in the second with Nick and Theo up, and they will finish the finals Thursday evening in Santa Barbara at the end of the qualifier. This Thursday. This Thursday. Nope. Next Thursday. Next Thursday. Correct. Well, that'll be interesting. And I know there was lots of talk. Like I know Jake and Casey wanted to go back out there and play it once the weather got better and. It uh, didn't necessarily get better. Like, the wind died down, but there was still lightning and rain. Like, you really couldn't have done it. There were no lights. Um, if they would have had to do it again Monday morning, you would have had to rent the park again, even just for that. So there was a cost issue, and so they uh, the players decided to do it in Santa Barbara. Was Jake at any time caught saying, Not right now! It's the game of my life! <sighs> no, Kevin. No. We just lost half of our listeners. God did not strike him down with a no. lightning bolt. God did not strike him down. <laughs> Movie, please. I have no idea. Caddyshack. It's great. Oh, jeez. Chatboard, help Jeremy out. Come on. <laughs> Caddyshack? You don't know Caddyshack? No, I do. But okay. my focus is more music than movies, Kevin. Sorry. I see. Well, I don't have a focus, so I, I end know, up with a lot of random prior- information. We know where your priorities are. Well, yeah, but... Somebody's got to make money in the world. For um, I'd also like to give court. yeah kudos to Jeff Conover, who is the uh, tournament director for the AVP now. Oh, he is. Who, in addition to being coach nope. or ex-coach now. Yes, he is ex-coach, full-time employee with AVP, tournament director. He did a fabulous job, especially with two days of rain issues. Friday, we were delayed for about two hours. And then, obviously, the cancellation on Sunday. So, obviously, he's dealing with the players to see... What they want to do because the players have options, and uh, he did a great job. Ran a great tournament. Um, if you were in the winner's bracket the whole time, you basically played one match a day. You would have played two on Friday and then one match a day for the rest of it. Really? Yeah. Lots of downtime. Sounds like an AVP bracket. event. Lots of downtime. You mean FIVB. Oh, yeah. Sorry. FIVB. That's okay. Yeah, you have to uh, you have to go get a workout in then. 40 minutes and you're done? Yeah, no it's doubt. Like, it's like the Olympics. Yeah. Todd Rogers is on on record saying the Olympics is the easiest tournament they play because they play once every other day. Yeah. And that's got to get that's got to be difficult to get used to as well. If you're used to one a day, multiple matches a day, then you have to and then come down to one every other day. I mean, that, I think that would be difficult because your body's like, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Yeah, it's a long tournament. Because you're out of rhythm to what you normally do, right? Uh, Yeah. Well, although, I mean, what you normally do, I don't know. See, the indoor structure, outdoor structure, I'd say, yeah. Indoor structure, I'd say, no, because every tournament's different. You're playing every oh, other okay. day. You're playing every day. You're playing three Multiple days in a row. A then you're off yeah. three days. It's weird. Uh, but for the Olympics, indoor, you're every other day, too? Every other day. Gotcha. Yeah, every other day. And that's it's not a bad schedule. The only thing is, after two weeks, it's pretty well a mental and physical grind. Of course. Every other day for two weeks is a lot. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a lot of matches. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of focus. And uh, it, it, that's part of what, when people talk about going to your second Olympic Games or getting the eight years or the 10,000 hours, those kinds of things, that the schedule and the way to handle that mentally for two weeks is part of that, just to be ready for that. And not that you come in with some plan and you've got your advisor and your spiritual advisor there and you're doing meditation on off days. No, it's just that you've been there and you kind of have a better idea of what it really takes to sustain yeah. that focus for that long. Yeah. So uh, volleyball, one of the unfortunate sports that goes from the day after opening to the day of closing. So if you do well, it makes for a, a non-Olympic experience. Which I'm okay with that if I'm winning. Uh, I, as am I. Yeah. Uh, Texas Troll, thank you. I didn't, I don't think the heavy stuff is going to come down <laughs> quite a while. I, I uh, found myself saying that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you do know Caddyshack a little bit. Yeah. I'm not. So we could put it on if you want here in the man cave. I have it on DVD. If you want us to put it on. We have to turn off Grand Theft Auto. Oh, never mind. Never mind. No, we're not going to do that. Because as soon as the break starts, I'm going to try and finish robbing the bank. Um, the first night it rained, on Friday night it, when it rained in uh, St. Petersburg, and I had gotten my stuff. Like, everybody had already taken shelter at that point. It was raining, and so I was waiting for a break in the action to make the dash from the stage because I climbed down treacherous stairs. You were hiding under the stage? Yeah. No, no. I was. We were up in the tower, but okay. I had to climb down to get to ground level to get to the player's tent, waiting for the rain to subside a little bit so I can bolt in there. Finally, see a little bit of a break in the action. It's not raining as hard. I start running in there. Mind you, I'm running through grass. Okay. And I go to slow down. To oh, go no. I go to slow down, and my left foot slips a little bit. I almost ate it. And I would have been sliding like I was going into second base into the player's <laughs> tent. Coming in hot! That, that's how I would have made my entrance. and it was. Uh, it wouldn't have been pretty, but... I just would have owned it if it happened. How would Summer Ross have greeted you if you slid into the player's tent? What would she have said? She would have looked at me and been like, hi, DJ. That's what she would have said. <laughs> hi, DJ. Hi, DJ. I had a senior moment yesterday here in the the house. Mm-hmm. I was doing some paperwork and stuff up here in the home court and had to go downstairs to get something. And I was really wishing I had a life alert bracelet because as I was rounding my kitchen table, a fall, this is just a, a fallen can't get up moment. I sprain my ankle. I'm not texting. I'm not carrying anything. I'm simply walking. I go around, make a left around my table. I sprain my ankle, grab a chair as I'm going down. I go down hard, almost hit the glass windows. The table goes, or pardon me, the chair goes clattering to the ground. I go to the ground, sustain what is a rock burn now on my left knee. Not a rug burn. It is a rock burn right here on my left knee. Yep. And, and through sweatpants, mind you. I had on heavy sweatpants, the ones you just watched me take off earlier, Jeremy. Great. And, uh, Awkward. And now I'm laying on the ground all tangled up. A chair is knocked over. I'm like, what? I used to be something. I used to be a professional athlete. Now I can't walk through my now own I home. I can't even walk around the island in my kitchen without oh, hurting myself. Oh, my God. So did you have to ice and elevate? I should have. It hurt. For the rest, I was limping for like half the day. Oh, my gosh. I was, you know, hey, watch out, ex-professional athlete operating here. Keep your distance, please. Apparently, you know what? Um, I was about to say that you have a long way to fall, too, because you're so tall. And when we do the show, we're normally sitting down all the time, so I don't realize how much taller than me you are until you posted the photos of our photo shoot recently <laughs> um, on Facebook. And I just realized, like, I don't feel tiny in most of my life. Yeah. 
but I'm around a lot of athletes, and I, I feel small compared to them because they're all taller and bigger and all that stuff. But you're a lot bigger than me, Kevin. Yeah, I'm a large mammal. Yeah. Is Brooke like Photoshop and shrink me down? Like what? Like I'm not. It's not like I'm. A, I'm not a featherweight, Kevin. You know no. what I'm saying? Like I would be fighting. I don't know what weight class I'd be fighting in, but something above not, featherweight. Yeah, it's not. The, it's not the smallest one. I'll tell what? you that right now. Light bantamweight or bantamweight? I don't, I don't know. I don't know the divisions exactly. Weighed myself at the gym this morning. I'm weighing in at a buck sixty. I don't know. Like it's not tiny. All right, I'm going about two o two these days. So I got forty two on you plus. Six six to what? I'm five ten. Five which, ten. by the way, that was a topic of discussion the last couple of weeks on tour, and it is confirmed that I am five ten. Oh, there was a measurement. There was a measurement taken. Not did someone bring in the big white scale no. from the doctor's office? No where you scale, have to open the but thing other up? players who <laughs> other players on tour who say how tall they are. We did back to back comparisons. I am legitimately five ten. We're right back into the little fat Jeremy no, no. argument. I, I'm definitely I'm, I may be little sometimes. You're a little little in shape, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> that burrito is not going to sell, by the way. Little fat Jeremy is going to sell. Little in shape Jeremy is not going to sell. <laughs> not a good the, burrito. Mexican restaurant. <laughs> it is not a good burrito. You're like you can't put cheese in it. There's no. Well, you can have guacamole. That's good fat. That's like what is it? LDL. The healthy fat. Yeah, you can have the healthy fat. So you have you have guacamole in there. You no cheese. No cheese. Yep. Lettuce. You, you can have chicken, but not with anything on it, just raw black and lettuce. Beans. You can have black beans. Yeah, black beans. Yep. No sauce, because that's extra. No, no just, sauce. Just dry black beans. Little, yeah, this sounds really tasty. Little in shape, Jeremy. That's <laughs> 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 great. Yeah, it's funny, because I, I don't realize, for much of my life, obviously, I've been hanging around in a professional athlete capacity. Mm-hmm. And so I spend a lot of my time, and even in my broadcast world, I spend a lot of time around a lot of tall athletes. Mm-hmm. And so I feel pretty normal being around. In most cases, I feel on the small side. If you put me in a basketball situation or even on the national team, I was explaining to somebody today that at 6'6", I'm medium to, to the smaller side of things. Which is funny. For an me. overall team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So then I see pictures of myself in other social situations. And I go, who's the ogre in the background? Who, oh, that's me. Who is the jolly green giant <laughs> walking around the land of normal people? And you know you have that moment when – you may not have had this as much, Jeremy, because you don't have kids yet uh, or ever, perhaps. but <laughs> Yet. Um, that, I'm, that I'm aware of. Where you sound like your parent. You're like – you say something. Come like, oh. on, that is I great. I am my parents. What'd you say? Well, no, it's not that. I'm saying you, you, people have had that moment. Well, I had that moment with a photograph where I saw a yeah. photograph from my cousin's wedding, and it's a dance floor of people dancing. And I look halfway in in the the depth of field, halfway through. There I am, and it is my father. The posture, the size. My father was six foot eight in all of it, mind you. Like even the national team met him in yeah. Chicago one time. Yeah, They're yeah. like, "That's your dad? That is a huge human." <laughs> like, but I, I saw the picture. I saw myself in the background. I go, "Look, there's my dad. Same posture, same, same. look. It could have been him twenty years before, thirty years." Now, before. does your dad uh, wear better gear than you, or same? Uh, my father wore the gear that I gave him for years, oh, okay. and that was that gotcha. was it. Yeah, okay. he passed away back in '01, so he is he is long dead. And one of the weird things about my father's passing, he was a, a donor, yeah, a long bone donor. I guess it's one of the oh, things they okay. really like to have is long bones, and since we are this tall, yeah. they're very useful. Yep. So 
And good for him, by the way. They've harvested that off of him mm-hmm. before I get to Illinois, because he died in Illinois. I was in oh, Colorado. Oh, got to a viewing. They've harvested it before I get to him. So I come in, and they said, do you want to see him? I said, yeah, I'd like to see him. I, yeah. had, I had seen him just recently, but I yeah. come in, and it was the weirdest thing to see his body shortened by about a foot and a half. Or oh, a foot. wow. Now he's a foot shorter. I wouldn't have even... Because they put in, like, pieces yeah, yeah, or whatever, course, but they're not the same size as a six-foot eight man. Because why would they have that? It was so weird. It's just... I it it was imagine. him, but small. Very odd. A little in shape, whatever your father's name is. <laughs> he was never in shape. <laughs> and at, past his uh, his basketball days and being drafted, he was never in shape again. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just a, a very strange, strange experience. But, yes, I am tiny compared to you. Yeah, it's it, it's not cool, Kevin. It is funny. Yep. I didn't put up the one we will soon where I'm holding the the board up the board and you're my, trying to reach trying it. to reach it and yeah. I can't. Yeah, it's awesome. So, Matt Gardhoff, and this is oh. this is just like this is like putting a uh, dangling a carrot in front of a horse. Yeah, a carrot in front of a horse, a steak in front of a dog, chumming the waters off the coast of Florida. Candy in front of your children. It is just like that. If you put out a photo with a blank screen in it anywhere, Matt Gardhoff will respond with a graphic feeding frenzy. Did he look at that photo and go, really, guys? Like, was he like, this is just too easy? Because he had it turned around in like 20 minutes. 20 minutes. And it wasn't like it was at night. It was like during legitimate work hours of the day that he turned that thing around. Yes. Don't tell his employer, but he turned it around, and it it then had a missing poster on it. And you'll have to go so good to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the net live, and check it out to see who we have been canvassing the beaches of Southern California looking for. We have not been able to find him. Perhaps if you see the image, you will call the number and tell us his current location. So good. That would be that would be awesome. Matt, so Matt Gardoff was on his game. Yeah, and I remember when we had the whole commentator thing. When I got the NBC graphic that said uh, Kevin Sunderland and Reed Marlowe, yeah, when we were doing Worldly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I posted that, and I almost emailed Gardhoff to say, "You want to do something with this?" Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Ah, the guy's busy. He's done enough." And <laughs> an hour later, moments later, there it was, blink of an eye. Yeah. So <laughs> Matt Gardhoff, keep up the good work, my friend. Speaking of Matt. Um, if you get Volleyball Magazine, our new ad is in there. Yes, it is. Finally, after my 13th year on the show, I am actually in the ad. It is the ad that killed off McGee, but he it has not, made you not pleased an even bigger ad. supporter of this program. And even Dustin, who's actually not really on the show anymore. No, and Jay, who's not in season. It's true. That's perfect. <laughs> no, we will, uh, we will have to be adding people to that ad as well. We need to get Deb Static and Brandon Rosenthal's mugs huh. in there. Oh, if you get them within like a month, I'm going to be upset because it took me three years to get in the ad. No, it's at least taken two months because the other ads already sailed. So. Okay, three years. Two months? We'll plan for next year. Okay, January. They can't be in the ad until January. <laughs> they need to put in some more work, Kevin. Don't don't try and hold others down just because of your experience, Jeremy. No. It doesn't make it better. Your experience doesn't get better by you disadvantaging other people. It does. It's not how it works. It's not Montessori of you. I'm with you on that, but it makes me feel better. <laughs> like a lot of you. All right, we need to take on the net live and thanks to Jeremy being back you will have some good music um, probably music that I can't name I'll make sure we thank all of our contributors and followers and helpers here on the show thanks to Volleyball Mag for hosting the site thanks to the ABCA for sponsoring the upcoming College of Volleyball Weekly as, as well as other segments of this program we'll be right back hopefully we'll have Mike Wall as part of 
Coach's Corner. Can't wait. My bank heist during that break will have to take a longer one later, but we wanted to make sure we... Well, you got called out on the message board about it. Uh, that's fine. No problem. Is that Sean Manzi calling me out? Yep. Hey, Sean Manzi, have you gotten your date with uh, Libero yet? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Yeah, when is your when is your opportunity to uh, to go out with Nicole Davis and talk to her about her silver medal? Mm, not going to happen. Mm, okay. All right, let's get to our, uh, our first guest here, because she was kind enough to be prompt on the call. Oh. Let this flow a little just bit. Let it, just let it build. Feel free to clap along. Macklemore, real popular in my house right now. Twenty-seven tournament titles, seventeen domestically, ten internationally. Two thousand twelve silver medalist. Her number is retired at her alma mater, USC. It hangs in the rafters. She and her partner, longtime partner, seven years together. Her partner, Jen Kessie's jersey is also retired. We bring her in now to talk about what was for seven years and what will be upcoming for her in the next chapter of her volleyball life. Please welcome to the Net Live once again, April Ross. Hi. April. Hey. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks for the intro. I you know Always we try love hearing and, that. We try and do our best intros here since we don't have uh, a Geeter. He's been lost since he quit on us. Yeah, since he quit. So 
<laughs> hey, uh, let's get right into the partnership thing. After seven years, was the end strange? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it would have been strange in any case, and then the actual way it happened was even weirder. Um, and, yeah, and then to go... I don't know. It's it's a huge ball of weird right now. <laughs> How, see, this seemed like an odd decision to me, and it seemed like one that was taken a while ago with some foreplanning and, and thought. When was this decision made, and what were the contributing factors? Um, well, it, it started, I guess, a long time ago. Uh, Jen has always, you know, one of her top priorities has always been to have a family um, so I knew even, you know, going into the qualifying period for the last Olympics that it was a sacrifice for her to wait that long to try and have a family. Um, so I knew, you know, as soon as the Olympics, we, we did that and stuff. Um, I thought she was going to start trying to, to have kids. She decided she wanted to wait a little longer, uh, play a little bit into this year, um, so we, it was kind of always a work in progress, and then um, I think because of that, I kind of had to make a decision and say, okay, well, I, I totally respect that you want to do that um, and and start planning ahead. So I talked to Carrie. Um, she was really uh, great about being like, just finish what you need to do with Jen, and then, you know, we'll get together. So we ended up all kind of working together and deciding, you know, that, this was a, as good a time as any to, to make it happen. It's interesting to me to hear the discussion surrounding beginning a family or if you're Carrie Walsh coming back from having your third child and, and being pregnant at the last Olympic Games and all these issues that speak to a, a larger issue that I hear about in the news and read articles about, about the choices that women make in balancing their professional life and their, their desire to have a family life. Is this something that you struggle with as well? Oh yeah, I mean it's crazy. I if if I could get paid maternity leave, you know, who knows what would happen? But what? just being just being an athlete, I mean, you have to take a full. I mean, unless you're Carrie, who bounces back ridiculously fast. I mean, you're out for a good year with no pay, so it's tough. Well, tell Brad to pick and, up the slack. <laughs> he, he does he does enough and if you know he wants to be a dad too if he could have a kid we might do it but uh i think we're gonna we, i mean it's a sacrifice we're, we've already decided you know we're gonna wait till 2016 after the next olympics okay all right so you have to do a little more planning in this case now you mentioned your future partner here carrie walsh and i i wonder if carrie walsh has been playing with uh with uh, Whitney lately, Whitney Pavlik, if that partnership had gone gangbusters, let's say they'd won every tournament over the summer that they had played in, would there have been perhaps some potential issues with you then moving over with Carrie? Um, well, I never asked Carrie that, so I don't know <laughs> what was going through her head. Uh, but I can't say it didn't go through my head, you know, once or twice. And... I think Whitney's a great player, and I knew it was a risk I was taking, um, letting them play together, essentially. But I felt like it was the right thing to do for me and Jen. Um, and I, I 
really believe that Carrie sticks to her word. So I, I wasn't, you know, in the end that worried about it. Um, and then maybe if Carrie and I, you know, like whatever, I, anything could happen, but uh, I wasn't, I wasn't super worried about it. I, I didn't have any doubt, though, that Carrie and Whitney would do well. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think we've planned this for so long that that I kind of knew it would happen regardless. What do you think are the strengths of your partnership with Carrie? Oh, my gosh. It's it's so it's too early to tell. I, I literally had my first practice with her today. Because uh, we didn't practice really before we played in Stad, so this is really our first practice today, and um, it, it's just uh, to know, you know, like where she's going to be on certain plays and and where I need to be. There's so much, you know, that only playing together for an extended period of time is going to help us develop. But I think for sure, you know, we're both super aggressive. Um, She's a great server. I think that our serving game is going to be good and uh, siding out. And then I'm I'm just hoping that playing D full time uh, for me, like I'll I'll get better on defense, which is you know one of my goals. Yeah, the discussion to partner together. How did that go? What were the things you guys laid out that you thought worked really well that made this partnership a reality? Made you want to buy in? Made Carrie want to buy in? Take us through that process of how you get together, because I think people are always interested in all the partnerships that happen in the sport. One of the things that makes the sport of beach volleyball so interesting, but not people many times don't know what the reason behind the partnerships really are when they're only looking at the results on BVB Info or if they're at one tournament or something. They don't really get some insight into it. So can you give us some insight into how the partnership opportunity developed? Um, well, I mean... Misty, everybody knows, was going to retire after the next or after the last Olympics. And for me, I think it was pretty simple. Like maybe it's how people think it goes. Uh, but as long as I've been playing with Jen, you know, we, we I feel like we competed really well against Misty and Carrie. We got our wins. They got their wins. And obviously they, you know, beat us in the Olympics. But, um, I mean, if I'm going to ask, someone to play with me after Jen, it's going to be the person who's, like, given me the most trouble again, uh, across the net, you know? So, uh, I, my, I mean, for me, it was a no-brainer to start with Carrie and see what she said, and then, you know, I was planning on going from there after that. Uh, I, I, did, I really didn't, I really didn't, sorry, I really didn't think about, like, oh, well, you know, I mean, if anything, it's like we both play left side. We both, you know, I'm a split blocker. She's a full-time blocker. Like maybe, you know, I feel like there's a lot to work out still. But for me, it was just like she's a great player. I want to play with her. Sounds like an easy decision to so, Kevin. So there's no plan B. Just, I hope I get carry. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like then move from there, right? So, you, But Perfect. you didn't have to go to plan B. Nice. Um, yeah. April Jeremy here. I um, There's been all kinds of rumors that people just assume Jen is retiring. And I know the answer to this, but she's playing in Santa Barbara and Huntington Beach. But are you able to clear up any of that stuff about her not retiring, her continuing to play? Maybe she's not going to play internationally. Yeah, I can't believe how many. She has never once come I know, out crazy. and said that she's retiring. It's it's crazy that that's just what everybody assumes. And I guess it's maybe not crazy. Like, why would we break up? We're doing so well. But, um 
Yeah, she's definitely not retiring. She's going to, I think she committed for sure to Sao Paulo with Whitney Pavlik. So I think they're going to play in that one uh, at the Grand Slam on the FIVB. And then um, there's China, a China Grand Slam after Huntington, which I think she's thinking about. But she's definitely playing Santa Barbara and Huntington. Um, there was another rumor that she was having surgery, like a serious surgery or something. That's not true. So. Yeah, she's just slowing down, like I said, and, you know, focusing on, on uh, her family and her external life. Uh, volley talk, it's so much fun, isn't it? I know. Thank you for clearing that up because I got so many questions like, oh, why are they doing this now? She must be retiring. I was like, and then they were floating that out there. I was like, you don't know the answer to that question, so why are you saying that? You can just throw stuff out there. Apparently. Like you could start rumors. Apparently. <laughs> April, what do you yeah. think is going to be the most difficult thing? Like, you've been with one partner for seven years and now playing with a new person who you've played against all those seven years, but you and Jen can probably communicate without even talking to each other. What are the major challenges for you now with a new partner? Uh, it's it's everything. It's starting over. Um, yeah, like she yeah, just figuring out definitely how to communicate on the court in the middle of a play. You know, like who's going to be the one that uh, is kind of chief and who's the Indian? You know, like who's who's quarterbacking what we're doing uh, because I think right now, you know, it seems like we're both kind of like you, you, me, me, you know, like we're kind of talking over each other and who's going to take the middle ball. And, uh, you know, like I said before, you know, where uh, it on certain plays, where is she going to be thinking to move, you know, like, because I know exactly where Jen's going to be. I know, you know, like you, like you said, in, in St. Pete, it was, seriously too hot to talk and in those circumstances like we just knew where each other was going to be what set we wanted without even saying it and um it's it's going to take a while for carrie and i to get there for sure um and i know people aren't going to be patient you know fans aren't going to be patient so uh there's that a little bit of that pressure but i just really want to focus on what we need and try to tune that stuff out you know uh because I'm realistic. Uh, I know we're not going to just hop on the court and be, you know, perfect. So uh, we we have a lot of work to do. But I, I at the same time, I'm fully confident, you know, that we will get there. Um, speaking of St. Pete, I was um, watching you guys play. I could see all the courts, and I kind of kept an eye on all your games just to see if things would be different because you both knew that it was your last tournament together. And I didn't notice. I didn't notice you guys pressing at all. I know you uh, lost early in the tournament and had to come through the contenders bracket to make it back to the finals, but did it feel as the tournament was going on like this is our last tournament or it was just like this is another tournament we're just trying to win? Well, we talked we talked about it beforehand. I asked Brad, I was like, should I, you know, bring it up to Jen before the tournament? And he was like, absolutely not. And I was like, well we were like in the elevator before like on Thursday night or something. And I, I said something about it. We talked about it a little bit and it was actually good because it was kind of like, you know what? We don't want to put any pressure on this tournament. We've played so many tournaments together. We've won a bunch. This is just another tournament. We want to have fun. We want to enjoy it with each other. You know, we don't want to end it being upset with each other for any reason. So we're just going to, you know, have fun and play hard and, and see what happens and be happy with whatever happens. Um, and we made with, and so that it was, it was awesome. Um, what we, we did not do that in Manhattan beach 
and we both went in, into it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we have to get our name on the pier. We have to get our name on the pier, and we didn't, we didn't talk to each other about it. And we talked after we lost, we got a third, we sat down and we're like, you know, we've done so much, I don't really care, you know, that we didn't get our name on the pier. And I'm like, well, we totally should have talked about that beforehand, before the tournament. So uh, we learned from that, talked about it before St. Pete, and it was it was way better. And I really do think that had the finals happened on schedule, you know, we would have we would have taken it. But we're we're okay with how it ended. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Do, you. do you feel cheated? Do you feel cheated by the universe that, that it would not let you play your last match together? It, it kind of, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel cheated. I I think it's weird how it happened. And it, it for me, it just kind of like has gone full circle. Because I, I feel like the reason we got together was, you know, some external force in the universe putting us together. And then that same force, you know, just couldn't handle watching us play our last match. So whatever, it stormed it out. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a weirdly appropriate ending. It, it's okay to be angry. You're only angry with the universe. It's not an actual individual person. I mean, I guess the universe could come back and harm you, but. Well, and technically they won their last full tournament together and they won their last match together. Yeah. Put some sunshine on it, yeah, I mean, Good that's, job. That's true, though. That's 100% true. We'll call him Jeremy Sunshine yeah. or Shea. Hey, I want you to clear up another internet rumor. You were about to face off against Summer and Emily, and we just want to make sure you are not Summer Ross's older sister. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. I, from my per, from my perspective and from what I understand, we are not related. Okay. You might okay. get a different answer from Summer, but... According to me, we're not related. Okay. If you were related, she was your little sister. With the success that she's had this year and since she left school, what would be one piece of advice you would give her? Um, I really think, and we're being, I mean, I could be funny here, but seriously. <laughs> you could be funny and uh, serious. Yeah, you can do both. You can give two <laughs> <laughs> um, We work on her interview skills a little bit, but, yes. um, <laughs> but I, I, I think she could, um, she could put on a little bit of muscle. I think, uh, I, I don't know, a lot of people who do go through the full, full four years in college, you know, you get into that weightlifting routine, um, and you understand how important it is. And, um, I don't know, I don't know if she's as strong as, she could be. I think she's a great player and she has all the skills, but physically I think she could be a little stronger. Okay, so buff is beautiful is the message to uh it is. Yeah. Um April, I want to get your opinion on uh Emily Day who I think has been overshadowed a little bit because everybody keeps talking about summer, but I feel like Emily deserves a lot of credit in this cuz she's playing at a really high level right now. Do you as other players see that as well too? Like is Emily taking that next step a little bit in your eyes? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think what I see in Summer and Emily, though, is that, like, intangible chemistry because they have played with a bunch of different partners and not done as well. And and I do think they're both really good individual players, but together, for some reason, they have that chemistry. And, um, you know, us as players, you know, the community has talked a lot about it and tried to figure out, you know, like, what is it, you know, that makes them so good? And 
um, I think Emily deserves a lot of that credit, you know, and, and uh, I saw it in the off season last year, you know, we play four sometimes and I just saw Emily taking those steps and, and becoming better and more physical. And um, I think she just needed to find the right partner. And now with, with summer, because Emily is pretty young too, I think she's 26. Um, she, with her other partners took a back seat, you know, and was kind of, being the Indian and now she's the chief or, or whatever. I'm pretty sure that's the saying. Um, and she can lead summer and kind of control things. And she's being forced to step up and be that player to kind of, to kind of carry them when they need it. So um, definitely she deserves a lot of the credit. Uh, and I just, yeah, their intangible chemistry is something that you can't really credit to anybody though. Did you see any of those kind of four markers in 2012 when you played North Seca with Emily, that she was improving? I don't think I ever played the North Seca with Emily. That would be BVB info. BVB info just let Kevin down. says here, November of 2012, North Seca, pardon me, location Toco, partner Emily Day. $850 you got out of the affair. <laughs> Oh, no, that's oh so God. wrong. Oh, I'm on the wrong page. Kevin blew it, April, sorry. BVB info, forget it. He was talking about your sister, Summer I Ross. blew it, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the wrong page. Well, I have one more Summer and Emily question for you, and, and that is, you know, we've been searching for a nickname for the two of them. We need something catchy. you have any ideas for us? You probably you probably know them better than, than we do. Well, maybe not. Oh, Jeremy. my God. But we need some sort of creative, funny, catchy nickname for Summer and Emily. Wow, putting me on the spot. Yeah. Emily yeah. and yes. Emily Summer. Wasn't it no. Well, and Summer has her own individual nickname now, which is the White Widow. White Widow. Yeah. I like that one. Which is, you do? I'm not sure. <laughs> Why? Why is it no um, good? What's wrong with the White Widow? It sounds powerful. It's, I, I have a, a vision of Discovery Channel of a giant female spider killing and eating her mate. I mean, that's that's what she does to opponents, right? Just stabs them and then... Yes, that's what she wow. does. Destroys them. She stabs yeah. them. Kevin's but that's getting, what you want to do, no? Kevin's getting brutal. Is there too much show. violence? Yes. Uh, I've been playing too much Grand Theft Auto, apparently. <laughs> Haven't even got um, started. I don't... I can't, I can't think of anything right now. They're both kind of pale and very... <laughs> Thin and I don't know. Wow! It'll, it'll just ha- it'll I, happen naturally. It'll just happen naturally. It'll happen. It'll happen naturally, kind of like yeah. the sun squirrel did. Oh! And cool. it'll stick for their whole partnership. Sun squirrel is Brad Keenan's new nickname. Sun squirrel. Oh, yeah. And it's wait, <laughs> it's sticking. By Please way. elaborate on no, this. No, no, that's all you need to know. Sun squirrel. Sun squirrel. Yep, that's all you need to know. This sounds like a and it's just weirdly perfect. Yeah, and it actually fits, and Brad's into it. Why is he the sun yeah. squirrel? Please tell me, April. <laughs> We can't. It's 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 a secret really? story. Yeah, we were in, uh, we were in the truth. Kind of truck. ruins the magic. If it actually would ruin it if we told you the backstory. So yeah, you Sun, just gotta roll with it. Sun squirrel, just go. Red Sun squirrel, Keenan. <laughs> wow, that's, uh, that sounds very friendly. He sounds cuddly. So good. <laughs> yeah, which he is. He Off is. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, you wouldn't figure that with Brad that he was so cuddly. Perfect. Man, okay. Yeah. Jeremy, you think I make you look small. Go stand next to Brad Keenan. Oh, trust me. I felt small the last two weeks, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going to post on um, the NetLive's Facebook page when I think of a good nickname for them, though. 
Perfect. We appreciate your hard work because, honestly, uh, don't feel like a fool getting stuck because we feel like fools, too. We've got our pants on the ground, pants on the ground. We have no idea what to come up with here for nicknames. <laughs> Uh, for these the only thing been, I can uh, think in my head is like summer day, but that's super dumb. A summer day, summer day, yeah, super dumb. It's, it's yeah, fine. it doesn't Boy, even that, doesn't even mean anything. Yeah, and now that summer is basically almost over too. I mean, it's just not doesn't doesn't. Yeah, yeah. you could play that song. That would be a cool song to play. I could when they were coming out. I didn't even know that was a song. Summer days. Who does it? Steely Dan or something? I don't know, but it's not going to pump It's a it. 70s song. It's, it's not really gonna, young. It's not going to pump anybody up, Kevin. That's showing my age right there <laughs> over you, April. Sorry about that. All right, so, April, what's the plan here? What tournaments do you guys have upcoming? Where can people come see this new partnership? Uh, well, we're playing in Santa Barbara, uh, not this coming weekend, but the weekend following maybe the 21st, 22nd, I think. Yes. Of September. Um, and then we're going to Sao Paulo, so if you want to take a trip down to Brazil, we're playing there after that. And then coming back for uh, Huntington Beach in October, maybe October 5th and 6th? That would be October 18th, 19th, and 20th, Santa Barbara oh. September 27th, 28th, and 29th. Oh, I have a suggestion well, okay. for the AVP. Yeah. Why don't you just play through Christmas? Can we get a Christmas nope. tournament? No, Kevin. I mean, we're getting close enough. We're in the middle of October. <laughs> just keep on going. I'm sure the players would appreciate more tournaments. Just keep going. Yeah, I would love it. Hey, one last question before I let you go, April. Thanks for all the time. Just what's your uh, what's kind of your perception of beach volleyball and the direction it's headed here uh, in in this well, we'll call it third year after collapse AC. Uh, where are things headed? Good, bad, indifferent? What are your hopes for uh, 2014? Or uh, realistic expectations? I know what the hopes are. The hope is it keeps getting better. Well, I think it's been received really well uh, everywhere that we've been. Like, the, it's been super fun. And um, from a player's perspective, like, I think the, it, they're the best-run tournaments that I've I've ever played in. So um, I hope that is is – you know, visible to to the fans, and they're enjoying it too. Um, I really like the places we've been. Um, so I can only imagine that it's going to grow. You know, it's not like we're going to show up in 2014 and have 18 tournaments, but I, I imagine that we'll have a few more next year. And um, I just think people are still really fired up on beach volleyball, and we have, you know, I think it also helps that we have a lot of the Olympians still playing and, you know, Carrie's still playing, Phil's playing, Todd's playing. So people people still want to come out and meet everybody. Um, and then I, you know, I it's painful kind of watching what the FIVB is doing, but if their vision uh, works, I think it's going to just grow beach volleyball even more worldwide, and I think that will carry over to here too. So, um, it's a little bit of hope and a little bit of, you know, I think this is actually going to happen, but uh, I can only imagine that it's going to keep getting bigger. It's, and also the, with the college college programs, and I trained with the Elite Development Program through USA uh, Beach Volleyball today, and, I mean, we've got, we've got a future, so I, I think it's going to keep growing. Well, the future looks bright for you. April Ross, good luck on your new partnership with Carrie Walsh. Thanks for spending some time with us here. We look forward to watching you this year and the run on to Rio. Good stuff. Thanks for your time. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Talk All to right, you make later. Sure you stay, make sure you stay high to the sun squirrel, please. Mm-hmm. All right.
That nickname is awesome, by the, the way. The Sun Squirrel is so good. <laughs> All right, I wish I knew why. You don't need to. You don't. Squirrel. You don't need to know why Kevin. He is just the Sun Squirrel, and it was great. You know, I had a thought in the middle of this whole thing when we're talking about Carrie and new partners and so on. Nicole Branna, who frequently comes to mind when we have these beach volleyball discussions, we got to do a where are they now? Because do I have to get on LinkedIn or something to find out where, what the heck happened to Nicole Branna? I actually know the answer to that question. Thank you. But I'm not – I don't feel like it's my place to say yet. If she's working at Sports Authority, just she, say it. No. Someone's going to find out when they she, go to buy sneakers. She's in a good place, Kevin. Fear not. She is. Yes. Good, because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. she just got screwed in that whole deal. <laughs> I mean, look. It, no, it's tough. She went from an Olympic medal favorite with Carrie to then not even making the Olympics. From being to the, not even being in the sport. From being the Let's forget the Olympics. You're not even in the sport. From being the MVP of the AVP in 2009. Right. To then being partnering with Carrie to making fries. Yeah. No, at McDonald's. Tough. Absolutely. No, awesome. It was tough. You, what do you mean you can't tell us where she's at? What, is it like where in the no, world like is I Carmen San Diego? Like I can't tell where she's at, but like I don't, it's not my place. Okay. Don't take it personally. More information to but come I'm just letting you know that she's in a good place. Let's Everything's take, fine. Let's take don't a break. Panic. I'm going to choke you out until you tell me where don't she's panic. at. I just take certain things are responsible, Kevin, and I can't right. be an irresponsible journalist, which is apparently what I am now. Fine. Not irresponsible, but a journalist. You're a journalist. <laughs> apparently, in, endeavoring on the not irresponsible part. Yeah, I prefer yeah. not to, you know. Yeah. Not my place. All right. Make sure you get out and see April Ross playing with Carrie Walsh, Santa Barbara, AVP, Sao Paulo, if you can do it. Huntington Beach is your next opportunity. That will come in October here in Southern California. The Net Live will be right back with College Volleyball Weekly. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the moon. And I'm not proud of my address In a torn up town No postcode envy But every song's like gold teeth Grey goose dripping in the bathroom Bloodstains, ball gowns Trash in the hotel room We don't care We're driving Cadillacs in our dreams But everybody's like crystal Maybach Diamonds on your timepiece Jet planes, islands Tigers on a gold leash we aren't caught up in your love affair And we'll never be royal, royal. It's a one in our blood That kind of love you just ain't for us We crave a different kind of buzz Let me be your ruler, ruler. You can call me Queen Bee And baby I'll Let me live that My friends and I will crack the code We count our dollars on the train to the party And everyone who knows us knows That we're fine with this We didn't come for money But every song's like gold teeth Grey goose dripping in the bathroom Bloodstains, ball gowns, trash in the hotel room We 
Welcome back to the Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. That's Royals. Yep. Yeah. Got that one. That's because it's one of the most popular songs in the world right now. You better know. Dude, I could name that tune in two. two you did, actually. When I played it earlier as a preview, yeah. you were like, oh, Royals? Deal with that, Texas troll. <laughs> Hope your Smoothie King's all gone, all melted in your lap. He said he put on uh, 90 SPF because he was outside the <laughs> cave today listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks for tuning in here. We hope you're getting us via iTunes and maybe taking us with you on your trips during the week. Opportunity to hear from some of the great people in the sport as we just did with April Ross right there. Yeah. Can we say that we got April Ross right after the tournament? She ended her seven-year career with Jen Kessie is now playing with Carrie Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. And she cleared up some rumors, too. I I just uh, I love that she said it was too hot to talk in Florida. That's like Africa hot. Kevin, there's at one point, like, I got mad at somebody standing next to me because I thought they touched me, but I realized it was my own skin touching my own skin, <laughs> and I was not pleased at all whatsoever. I was, Stop touching me. It was, it was me. Me touching me. Yeah, it was me touching me. Not pleased with it. I don't like sweating when I'm not moving. That's not fun. <laughs> I just, uh, I hope April and Carrie's not a rebound relationship. You know, she's been in this long oh, thing, gotcha. seven <laughs> years, you break up for well, whatever reason, then you go funny. and find somebody right away Well, and who like, you... Who you think is really attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, too, like people are going to expect perfection from them. That's what she said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in Santa Barbara. They're like, oh, if they don't win Santa Barbara, like their partnership's over. Like how could how could they not win it? I'm calling it. That they're not going to win it? No, that if they don't win it, then it's a, it's a disaster. Oh, of course. Unmitigated disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. But I can't believe April would make this choice. Carrie, you're an idiot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> one of them, what you have to realize is one of them has is going to switch sides because they're both – Left side players, so someone's uh-huh. got to move to the right. Uh huh. So that takes an adjustment. Look at Phil and Rosie. Takes a little bit of adjustment. Phil on the right. Right. So you have that going for you, especially when you've been playing on the other side. You have a new partnership, like anything, unless you're Jake and Casey Patterson, who just come out the gate on fire as a new partnership. You could be the best two players in the world, but you haven't played together yet, so you don't know each other's tendencies. And that's the other thing too is like, who between the two of them is the leader on the court? Because they can both lead. Right. You know, and can you do, maybe you lead sometimes, maybe I lead sometimes, or does one person have to be, the, you have to have one leader constantly? No, I think a, tr- a true partnership can function with two. Okay. You don't need a leader. Okay. You don't need a Phil and Todd situation. You don't no, need I'm a, not saying that, a, but like. Emily and Summer situation. You, you, 
I mean, yeah, certain people can be in charge of certain things or set the tone or whatever, but you don't need, I don't think you need a uh, supervisor-subordinate relationship. I don't think you have to have that. And I agree with the subordinate. Look at Casey and Jake. Oh, no, but Jake's running that team. Let's just be honest. Okay. And by running it, I mean, like, Jake, I know when they got a partnership, Jake's like, look, if we're going to do this, you're coming to the gym with me every day. You're on the beach every day when I'm there. Like, this is what you're doing. Maybe that's why people keep breaking up with Jake. Maybe it's just too much. Because <laughs> I guarantee every every match they win, the odds go up in Vegas that they will break oh, up. Oh, ba- they're not going to be together next year because they're having No, I can't season. even get a good – it's like one-to-one now. Like one-to-one-and-a-half that uh, Patterson and Gibb break up. Uh, yeah. so funny. Fantastic. Let's go to the next segment here. All Let's right, then. We have our correspondents. We're four minutes behind, but we won't tell them that. Oh, wait. They can hear the show. No, they've been on hold for seven, Kevin. <laughs> In association with the American Volleyball Coaches Association, the NetLive is proud to present each week the College Volleyball Weekly, a look at what happened in college volleyball the week before, and maybe some credible predictions for what might happen the next week. We'd like to welcome in our correspondents now. We'll have them all season long. Brandon Rosenthal, Lipscomb University, and Deb Static from the Badger region. Are you guys there? I'm here, uh, Roche. You missed, or uh, Barnett. You missed the whole point of Roche's comment. Uh, Thank you. He was saying, "Hey, does there have to be a leader?" Meaning between the two of you, and you just took it in and was like, "Yeah, of course, I'm the leader. I'm awesome. You know, I'm the talent." Roche, if you haven't figured it out, when you're with Barnett, he's talent, and everybody else is just along for the ride. It's it's Vinny Chase and uh, you know E. That's, that's what, how it that's, goes. That's what he thinks, at least. I mean, absolutely. Everybody else, absolutely. Knows, everybody else knows in the home court who the talent is. Well, Brandon, thanks oh, yeah. for jumping in the bus. Then I appreciate you being on board with uh, my talent bus that I'm driving here. You're, thanks, you're, absolutely. You're Kevin, our team DJ Rouche. All right, Deb, are you there? Yes, I am. Get off of I'll you, you knuckleheads. Good, Deb. Thanks for coming yeah, back. Hey, I feel like I can jump week. on your talent bus, too, to not get shunned off the show <laughs> right away. So I'm going to go week on your talent yeah. too. Take it easy in week two. Hey, uh, Deb, <laughs> last week you told us you were looking forward to USC and USD, and it turned out USD, well, they're pretty good. 3-1 over USC. What would you think about that match? Yeah, that was a really, really fun match to watch. Their middles just absolutely went off. Um, but it's kind of interesting because looking at their stat lines, um, the only thing that they really did was win, and they outdug they outdug um, USC off the court too. But USC yeah. put up a pretty solid block throughout the match, so I just they just did not have an answer for those middles. Um, and yeah, it was it was an interesting one. What did you think about that one, Brian? You know, I think here's the deal: USD is good. You know, I've been looking on the the. Uh, Talk the chat boards and you know all this mess about you know how good are they? They're good. Let's deal with it, people. Just because you hadn't heard of them, just because you know they play in the West Coast Conference, by the way, which is a pretty good conference. Uh, they're good, and and we need to stop complaining about how high they went up and blah blah blah. They deserve it. They're there. Hey. You know how long do they stay there? That's up to them. That's my question sure. for you guys. Why not number one? Do they deserve to be number one? Because it seems to me you knock off the number one team, there isn't a clear other number one. You ought to slide into that spot no matter where you're at. Right. I'm sure part of it has to do with the fact that they have won a lot of big matches, but Penn State does have a little bit of name recognition going for them, at least in, in my opinion. Um, and they are tearing it up this year as well. 
Um, I think, you know, San Diego is doing some really good stuff right now, but I think it's going to take a couple more weeks of seeing consistent play against them. Now, that being said, they've played just about every style of play I think that they're going to see this year. You know, they've played against other fast-paced teams. They've played the big highball offenses, and they've walked away with wins. So, you know, I, I think there's a very good argument that could have been made for them jumping up to number one. But on the flip side, Penn State is always huge. They're always good, and they're doing more of the same this year. And there's no reason, in my opinion, also for Penn State to be anything less than number one. So it's kind of, you know, two sides to that argument. All right, Texas is one of the big movers down along with Southern Cal. So number one, Penn State. Number two, UC San Diego. If you don't know who they are, look it up. They sit on top of a hill and have a beautiful view there in uh, San Diego. Number three, Washington. Number four, Florida. Number five, Southern Cal down from number one. And also continuing their trip down, Texas, former number one. They went from two to six on the unfortunate loss against Arizona State. I guess if you're a Texas fan, 3-0. Brandon, what about this match? Arizona State, are they for real? They were athletic last year, uh, and now this year they come out with a 3-0 over Texas. That's a pretty big win. Yeah, I mean, you've got to really, I mean, at 8-1 and one, with their only loss being a 17-15 loss to Illinois, and Illinois has already proved, hey, listen, they can play. You know, it, Arizona State is is for real, and we we talked about them two weeks ago and said, hey, keep an eye on this, keep an eye on this, and and here you go, you know, uh, knocking off Texas, you know, and, and arguably almost having the weekend, you know, of a lifetime basically. Uh, had they knocked off uh, Illinois, you know, I would imagine they have to move into the top ten. I mean, again, you've already seen some big wins from them, and uh, you know, going into conference play. You know, here's here's one of the wins that I kind of marked on their schedule is Wichita State. They beat Wichita State in three, twenty-two nine. Yeah, nine and sixteen, nine nine times. Hey, Wichita State is legit this year, and when a team is beating Wichita State in three, and by the scores that I just mentioned. That's a team to watch. I'm telling you, Arizona State is for real. And uh, Watson, Linda Hampton, Keith, doing some good stuff down there. Yeah, Jeremy, what movie was that from? The Nine. I wasn't listening to you. Oh, my God. It's twice. Caddyshack and Ferris Bueller. A couple of the biggest movies ever, and you're just out to lunch on those. Yeah, we will find out if Arizona State is for real. They have the Pac-12 conference schedule coming up. Matter of fact, I'll be down there doing a couple of their matches uh, around town. I'll be, uh, I think I get them right off the bat, maybe against Utah. I can't remember. Uh, but I will have them, in fact. Uh, you did give us, Rose, also Louisville and Kentucky and Pep and Kentucky and Minnesota and Kentucky. And Kentucky continues to be an intriguing team. Yeah, it was an interesting week. Uh, they, you know, they have a, a battle in the Bluegrass State with uh, their rivals Louisville, and go uh, five sets with them. Great match, and then, you know, just get beat up by Pepperdine. And in all fairness to Pepperdine, Pepperdine did a great job, uh, beat Kentucky in three at, you know, at Kentucky, and then, you know, the very next day Kentucky comes back and wins fifteen eight against Minnesota, and, uh, you know, one of those teams that 
I think once they hit their stride, uh, you know, is going to be dangerous. You know, the last couple of years they hit their stride late, and uh, both of those times they went to the Sweet 16. So, you know, this is a team don't fall asleep on it. I know that maybe some of their inconsistent play, uh, you know, might scare some people off, but I guarantee you Skinner will have them ready. We'll get, a, you know, a real good chance to see what they've got coming this Saturday. Hey, Deb. How much are we learning about these teams in these tournaments where they play three matches in four days? Uh, are we getting a really accurate picture of who these teams are? Do we need to wait for conference play? Yeah, you know what? Um, it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit hard to get a clear read. I think in the you know the situation with Kentucky this past weekend, um, not to discredit what Pepperdine did, but I think they might have gotten caught in a situation where they were just so focused on that big match against Minnesota that they just completely overlook them. It's really, really hard as a player to stay tuned in, you know, for that many matches in a weekend, especially when there's, you know, for some of these tournaments where the powerhouses are all going to them, to have to stay that mentally focused and engaged is a real battle. Now, you know, for some of these teams, you know, Big Ten, when they're playing a lot of their their conference matches back-to-back, I think it might be a good indicator because it's very similar to the kinds of schedules that they're going to have once they hit their season, but you know, some of these other conferences where the matches are spread out, uh, they might be struggling with this a little bit more just because it, it's not the play schedule that they're used to. And players get into that into that system very, very quickly of what they're used to and and all that stuff. So I think, you know, for some of the teams, it might be a good indicator if you start getting some of those Kentuckys where I really do think maybe that Pepperdine match, you know, granted they did play phenomenal, but I think Kentucky might have just looked right over the top of them. Hey, someone who's close to you, Wisconsin, mentioned last week yeah. that they are first time in the top 25 since 2008. Well, that was a quick stay, but did they really yeah. deserve to get tossed out? I mean, they defeated Bowling Green 3-0, beat UW-Milwaukee 3-1. Okay, maybe that's not affecting it. They lost to Kansas 3-2. Did they really mm-hmm. deserve to get booted out, or are they still in the conversation if they get a couple of good wins? Yeah, you know, I think they're still in the conversation. I think losing to Kansas you know, they're supposed to win that one, but Kansas is a solid team. They have, you know, they're a consistent Big 12 top finisher. I think, you know, it's 15-17 in that fifth set, so Wisconsin's right there. I don't think we can count them out just yet, but that was kind of their first real test of the year, and they didn't pass it. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they bounce back, and I think their next couple weeks are going to determine whether or not they actually deserve that, that top 25 spot consistently or not. Right now, I think they're still kind of emerging and hitting their stride. So Penn State, San Diego, Washington, Florida, Southern Cal, top five. Texas, Hawaii, who continues to be good here in the early season. Stanford, Minnesota, who's been a little up and down. Michigan, UCLA, down through 11. And then there's Nebraska, Ohio State, Michigan State, North Carolina, Illinois, Florida State, and Arizona State, up into 18 from not ranked on the strength of the wins we talked about. Kentucky, Oregon, Purdue, Colorado State, Creighton, Ohio and Iowa State. Oregon is another one that has uh, has fallen precipitously, uh, but they they seem to be Brandon still struggling to recover their system, and especially the, the system that's run up there is rather complex. And when you lose a whole bunch of your offense, your your best uh, opposite attacker, and then you also lose a steady outside hitting presence, it seems like a lot to recover from. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> just having. You know, we run a fast offense, and it takes some time. You know, when you lose players, and and again, you might say, hey, well, they had all spring and summer, blah, blah, blah. It just takes – it really takes matches, you know, more than anything. Um, and as they, 
you know, hit their stride, I think the speed of the offense is going to, you know, be tough to combat against. And so, you know, it's one of those deals. I think early on they start off against Oregon State, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State. Pretty tough schedule. You know, will they hit their stride? They hit UCLA, USC. You know, if it might take some time here. This might be one of those years where, you know, because the way their schedule is stacked so front heavy, uh, you know, it might be tough to get going early on. But, uh, you know, the mad scientist Jim Moore uh, found a way last year, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't count them out just yet. Yeah, they lost Elena Bergsma, who, of course, was, I believe, player of the year, if I'm remembering correctly. And then on the outside, the player that I thought really was the big difference maker, obviously, if you come in and look on the outside into Oregon, it was, oh, Elena Bergsma, Elena Bergsma. I thought really the difference maker, if you were going to shut somebody down, shut Catherine Fisher down and make her struggle, and that would make Oregon struggle mightily. You figure Bergsma was going to get her kills, but losing the leadership and the, the steadiness of Catherine Fisher I thought was crucial. This is a player who missed one set in her entire four-year career. That's not easily replaced. Uh, all right, now, Brandon, I know you threw out the idea of uh, of us doing some pick'em matches, and I like that idea, but I would have to know the upcoming schedule. You guys know it better than me. So I'm going to have Deb throw out a match and pick it, and then you have to pick it, and then I'm going to have you throw one out that you think you can pick and have her pick it. So you don't have to tell the other person what it is. Just throw one out. Brandon, give me one for next week. I'm going Wichita State in Creighton on okay. Sunday. Wichita State, Creighton, and that's uh, at Creighton. Excuse okay, me. who are you picking in that? Wait, do me? I have to say out loud? Well, yeah, hold on one second. Brandon has to say out loud first. So Wichita, gotcha. Creighton, gotcha. who are you picking? I'm taking, Wich- I'm taking Wichita. You'll take Wichita State. Okay, Deb, give me a pick in that one. Yeah, I'm going Creighton on that. All right, do we have any reason why or just do you like Creighton? Do you like the name? Uh, no, I just think Creighton, you know, Wichita State is a good program. They're a consistent program. I think Creighton is just a little bit more used to maintaining that level. They face a little bit better competition. Um, and, you know, they got some big outsides. They have Kelly Browning right now who's just tearing it up in the middle for them, and she's just such a big block. I don't, I, I'm not sure that Wichita State middles and hitters are really going to have an answer for her and be able All to right. score at Will Honor. Very good. Deb, give me a match. Um, I'm going Florida, Florida State match. Nice. Rivalry. All right. All right. So give me the winner in this one. Um, I lost some sweet picking this one from my blog, but I think I am giving this one to Florida. Florida comes through. Okay. Yeah. Rosenthal, Florida, Florida State. This is creeping into your territory. You better know something about the FLA. Yeah, I'm taking Deion Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Dion, prime time. I'm doing it. This, I mean, this harkens back to the days of the late '80s, early '90s. You know, Florida, Florida State football rivalry. I love it. This is a great match. It's something that I highlighted as well. And uh, Florida State is just one of those teams that I don't. There's no way you can overlook. I like Florida State over Florida. All right, Chris Poole and Mary Wise doing it out there. Correct. Correct. Right there. Okay. All right. So, Brandon, you're up. Give me one. Another match. Uh, You know, I think what will be interesting here is is I'm going to stay with that kind of same group. Uh, I'm going to go Hawaii and Creighton. 
I know that uh, you know it's not spreading out very much, but I think Hawaii is traveling and always interested to see what happens when Hawaii travels against quality teams. You know, take them out of their setting. Uh, you know, everybody kind of harps on Hawaii, you know, every year about, ah, they didn't play anybody, they didn't play anybody outside of their home. Uh, they're playing Creighton and Wichita State in the same weekend. Uh, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Hawaii here, though. Uh, are you taking Hawaii on the strength of the fact that some Hawaiians are guaranteed to show up at the airport and give the team lays? Like, no matter where they <laughs> land, it's going to happen. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and, uh, with a match, you know, it very well, you know, it's at Wichita State, and we know that there's Hawaiians in Nebraska. Come on. There are. Nebraska, there's, Kansas, there's, they're all over the place. They're everywhere. You go to Graceland University, there's a bunch of Hawaiians playing for the Graceland men's team. It's kind of strange. All right, Deb, give me your pick in this one, Hawaii Creighton. Do you believe yeah, in Creighton? I, in? I would like to say yes again just because I love seeing a good upset. Um, I do think Hawaii, you know, even though they're traveling, I just think Hertong is just too hot right now. I I don't know that, you know, even going against going against Browning, I'm not sure they're going to be able to pull it off. So, am I allowed to pick the same team? Yeah, it's fine, no problem. It's, yeah, we're cool. not. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I, might, right. I might have to go Hawaii then too on that one. All right, Deb, give us one more match then, one more for people to look forward to and for you and Brandon to pick. All right, next big one I think in my book I highlighted was the Texas-Nebraska match, former Big 12 rivals going out of the game. Nice. And All right. I, I, I'm thinking Texas on that one. With my picks, they just have more tried and true. Nebraska's just got so many so many young players. I, I think Texas is going to have the upper hand in this one. All right, Brandon Rosenthal, Texas-Nebraska. I'm staying with Texas. I think uh, they're still steaming from the loss of Arizona State, and uh, they've got something to prove. I think it's, you know, obviously at Texas, huge home court advantage. Uh, You know, there's a lot of talk who has the biggest, you know, best crowd. I know that uh, obviously Texas and Nebraska are always in the mix of that conversation. I think the burnt orange are going to be out in uh, huge numbers. You know, uh, it's a Sunday game. This should be a lot of fun. And besides, Texas football sucks this year. So, uh, you know, same for Nebraska as well. So, you know, uh, unless Bo Pelini is coaching uh, the volleyball team this year, I'm taking Texas. They're bringing Mac Brown in for a weekend stint with the women's volleyball team to see if he can do any better. That's what they're going to do. Hey, uh, Emily Hartong's name got brought up, and I wonder if she's in the conversation right now for Player of the Year and what other names you think might be on that early list, Deb. Yeah, she would be right at the top of my list, hands down. Um, I also really, really, from Washington, I'm really liking Van Sant right now. Um, I feel like she's just a consistent force out there. So I think those two, if I just kind of had to pull two names off the top of my head, those are two players that have really impressed me so far this year. Um, obviously in that conversation would be Eckerman, Texas again. But those are kind of, I guess, three then I would lean towards yep. right away. Yep, Eckerman. Okay. Rosenthal, do you have anybody to add to that or someone you'd yeah, like, you I, like? I would say you can't fall asleep on the Stanford crew. I think uh-huh. that uh, they're going to put it together. And, uh, you know, I think Burgess is, you know, going to be doing some pretty special stuff, you know, here in a couple of weeks on into the, you know, well into the season. So don't fall asleep on the, on that crew. 
You're throwing a sophomore in there? I am. I like it. Deal with I it. Like Deal it. with it. All right. That's hey, have we, have, we left, have we left any matches behind that people need to be aware of, either of you? Um... I have the Utah-BYU match as one that I'm kind of interested in. Just it's yep. another, you know, kind of in-state rivalry match. Two teams that are, I wouldn't necessarily put them in the mix for serious contenders yet or top 25 spots, but it's going to be a pretty similar match in terms of skill level. Um, I think that's going to be one that might be kind of exciting to follow. Rosenthal, anything we're missing in the SEC or something over there that uh, isn't really on people's radar? No, you know, we're we're at that uh, kind of interesting point where, you know, the top teams aren't really playing anybody before, you know, conference starts. And then, you know, I'm going to stay out kind of in your area. I'm going to go Stanford-St. Mary's uh, this yeah. weekend. And uh, the reason I say that is, you know, we the WCC kicks up here. And, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see, you know, St. Mary's is one of those teams that's been known to pull off some big upsets. San Diego also goes and plays BYU this weekend. So uh, I'll be interested to watch those. All right, those sound like good matches. Those that want to see the Utah-BYU matchup, that will be on Pac-12 Network. And uh, I think Utah is a very interesting team to watch. They were awfully physical. Of course, they're imported just a couple of seasons ago to the Pac-12, so they've been trying to raise their level to match the Pac-12 level of competition. I think they're doing so, so keep your eye on Utah-BYU. I will actually get Utah uh, next Tuesday. I'll be out there doing a match um, somewhere. Salt Lake, I guess, and I'm trying to think of who it's against because I was just doing my roster, but that's for another day. Thanks very much, Deb and Brandon, for your contribution to this program. Good job. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Take care. Later. All right. See you, Brandon. Good job by those guys. So lots of matches to look forward to. Wichita State, Creighton, Florida, Florida State, Hawaii, Creighton, Texas, and Nebraska. Don't forget Utah versus BYU and Stanford and St. Mary's. I like that Stanford-St. Mary's matchup. That will be a good one as well. All right, Brandon, uh, Jeremy, who's on this show? Brandon, Jeremy, wow. whoever. Been gone for two weeks. He's just reading a magazine over there. Well, thank God I'm still in the, still in the ad. All right, spin it up for a second, and uh, we'll be right back. We're going to have Mike Wall, I believe, on the other side. going to have to check uh, all the communication here. I think Mike Wall is in, assistant coach for the USA Men. Ladies and gentlemen, huh. it's my pleasure to introduce to He's a friend of mine, yes, yes, I am, and he goes by the name, <laughs> Justin, whoa, all the way from Memphis, Tennessee, and he got something special for y'all tonight, he gonna sing a song for y'all.
way the thing might leave the ground. How would you like to fly? Got some my queen should ride. But you still deserve the crown. anymore. I'm going to sing something, and I want the guys to sing with me. They go, it feels like something's heating up. Can I leave with you? And then the ladies go, I don't know what I'm thinking about. Really leaving with you. God sing. It feels like something's heating up. Can I leave with you? And ladies, I don't know what I'm thinking about. Really leaving with you. Feels good, don't it? Come on. It feels like something's heating up. Timberlake. Yep. That's the window of his new stuff. It almost sounds like Lonely Island. I don't know. It made it too jazzy for me or something. I feel like, like what... Like suit and tie was I terrible. Like, I didn't like that much either. I feel like what Robin Thicke's album was is what Justin Timberlake's album should have been. But he's coming out with another one in a couple weeks. So Robin Thicke is the new Justin Timberlake? No, I wouldn't go that far. No, no. Justin Timberlake, talented guy. I love a lot of what he's done. I love his, yeah, you're not his willingness to poke... Fun at himself too, and do the whole Lonely Island stuff. Have to be able to. Uh, I liked them. You know, there was a, the movie. Was it Out of Time? Yeah, that was which movie. didn't get a lot of, but and I watched. I, it, it wasn't that bad. I like. I, I saw it. I was entertained. Great idea, not executed as well as it could have been. True, but that's not his fault. I was entertained. That's all I can ask for. Yeah, there's a lot of these I go to, like Terminator Three. People were banging on Terminator Three. I'm like, I wanted some. Some explosions, and I wanted to see some cool Terminators. That's what you're going in. Past that, yeah. that's what I want. I was I was not expecting uh, something else's bonus. Amadeus or something. You know, I was not looking for sense and sensibility uh, in the form of Terminator. Gotcha. Yeah. Know what you're getting into, people. Movie critics, Leonard Moulton or whoever. I'd say Gene Siskel or Roger Ebert, but they are both past and sad because I grew up with the two of them. Let's get to our next guest, Jeremy. How many times we use this song for an intro? Feels good, that's why. Yeah. I like it. You saw this guy in college. He played for BYU for the Cougars. 
during the heyday of BYU Volleyball 97 to 2002, two national championships. He then embarked on a coaching career. He joined the Gold Medal Squared Clinic. And if you don't know Gold Medal Squared, well, do yourself a favor. Look it up on the thing called the Internet because you're going to find a lot of famous names behind this McGowan, Beal, Dunphy, another McGowan. You're going to find all kinds of top talent in there. Black, McLaughlin, Browning, John Spira, Jason Watson. I think Hugh McCutcheon might have even been in there once in a while. So he's been there since 2003. He's also had collegiate coaching stints at UCSD, St. Mary's, Utah, ASU, and he returned to ASU last year in 2012 as a volunteer assistant and helped them make the NCAA tournament. Now he works with the USA men. It's interesting to be a young guy coaching some folks you might have played some volleyball with in the national team gym. Please welcome to the Net Live, Mike Wall. Mike. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, taking time out of what we know is a busy day as you guys prepare for Norseka. And as I was going through your resume here, Mike, I, I saw a gap from 08 to 2012. Uh, what am I missing there? What went on during those four years before you returned to ASU last year? Uh, you're not missing much. Uh, <clears throat> the, the, during that the span, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, full-time with Gold Medal Square, just working with... Uh, putting a lot of energy into that business and uh, getting it to where it is today. So <clears throat> that's what I was doing and got the itch uh, last year to get back in the gym. And and uh, it was great. I loved working for Jason. And uh, obviously a big shout-out to those guys for a big weekend they had last weekend. So I'm stoked for them. On ranked to 18th, that's pretty good, and we wish good things for ASU. Jason Watson, one of the good guys, although I cannot figure out his accent. He's from uh, New Zealand or Australia, but he sounds like he's from Jersey, so that's one of the strange things. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's, an, he's, a, he's an Aussie. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He's one of the greatest guys out there, so for sure. And, and Aussie by way of uh, Seaside, Jersey. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Hey, so Gold Medal Squared, let's talk a little bit about that before we get to the national team because you've spent so much time in that business from 2003 and, and of course, that four-year focus you just mentioned. This was, uh, at its at its beginning, an idea of creating a complete system of coaching volleyball, correct? Yeah, you know, uh, it all started uh, after I was done at BYU. Carl was, had retired, and uh, Carl and I at that point were real close. Uh, we had a great relationship, and and uh, this idea came about. Uh, I was actually going to be a dentist. I, I had gone to dental school, or I hadn't gone to dental school. I'd applied to dental school and going through the uh, the interview process. And uh, they approached me with this opportunity, and I dropped everything I was doing with dental school and just and went all in. And uh, as it turns out, it was a good decision because I don't think I would have been a good dentist. Uh, but <clears throat> the way we went, and uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's just a. You could call it a system. You can call it uh, a package. You know, it's a, it's just a a way, a style that we like to play, and uh, it's been very successful at all levels of the game. And uh, as you said in the intro, it's been you know influenced by uh, lots of great coaches. And and one of the exciting things about it is we're being influenced now by a lot of the newer school guys. Browning, you mentioned, and uh, Jason's had a big influence on us, and uh, Tom Black, and and uh, those guys have helped us a ton as well. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Can we call it a gold medal squared cult? Is it a cult of volleyball coaches? Yeah, people call it that. Maybe because of the uh, maybe because of the uh, origination from Provo, Utah. Maybe that's where that came from. But 
<laughs> I think I think it's uh, a lot less rigid actually than people may think, and perhaps that's uh, and perhaps that's our fault. But I think the flexibility involved within the system, and and with, when you talk about principles, uh, I think principles uh, provide us with a lot of options, and uh, I think they're flexible, and they're liberating, and uh, I think that's one misconception that's out there is you know we people may think oh this is the only way to play volleyball what we think is if you have principles you can uh you can do a lot of different things given the talent you have in your gym or the players that you have in your gym and so that's ultimately what we believe in we believe in building systems around the abilities of our players so yeah i noticed in the volleyball toolbox that you guys have here on your website you say helping volleyball coaches one practice at a time is is a lot of this just about developing a philosophy and giving them a framework upon which to uh perhaps hang their own ideas and construct some of their own new innovative ideas but give them a, a framework from which to work and a basis upon which to run their program absolutely uh our our clinic product is called uh, coaching foundations and that's what we think it is it's just a it's a framework and uh we say in our coaching clinics uh, often that uh if you don't believe us then go find out for yourself go go figure it out for yourself go be your own coach and uh create your own coaching identity and so we think it provides coaches with a great foundation with a lot of good ideas and uh when they leave our clinics uh hopefully they go have the confidence to get creative with their teams and uh still abide by good principles and good training methods, but, you know, ultimately go be your own coach, you know, and that's, that's, that's the name of, you know, that's the name of the game. We, we don't all want to be Carl McGowan, you know, we, we, we don't want to be our own guy, you know, even though Carl's one of the best, we, we need to create our own identities and, and, and get creative with our teams. And uh, that's absolutely what, what we believe in. What are the one or two big mistakes that young coaches are making when they get their first job and they're being looked upon to set the tone for everything? As an assistant, it's much different where you can kind of cruise along and be a part of a system. But when they get that job, when they're expected to be the boss, what are the the couple biggest areas where they struggle or make mistakes? As a head coach? Yes. Yeah, that's a great question because I've never been a a head coach, so I don't know. But – I just meant with your experience with Gold Medal Squared and, and some of the tools that you guys are putting out and some of the discussions that you're having about how you're implementing that for uh, these programs. Yeah. Um, one of the, the most common – I can kind of refer back to questions that, that we get all the time. One of the most common things that, that we tell people is uh, don't do tactically what you t- can't do technically. Or no, did I say that right? Don't do tactically yeah. what you can do technically. So there you go. Um, Don't do tactically. There you go. We we see a lot of you know head coaches maybe with uh, lower level athletes that are you know maybe younger freshman JV uh, you know first time coaches or even a maybe a JC coach that they want to run complicated offenses. They want to um, they want to be flashy. They see um, you know they, they see some of this stuff at the higher levels and. Uh, we're big believers in simplicity and uh, not trying to do too much. And so, so one thing that we talk about a lot is just uh, get really good at a few things. And uh, and when you get really good at those things uh, and, and efficient at them, then maybe you can graduate on to some more complicated stuff. But, you know, I can tell you that in the gym, in our gym right now, it's, it's not very complex. It's, we have a, a few sets, maybe a few more than we'd have at the high school level, but, 
it's pretty simple, and we're trying to just get good at, at uh, a few different things so we can be as efficient as we can. So that's that's a real common deal there. I would just say keep it simple and uh, and don't try to do uh, too much with, with the, given the athletes that you have in the gym. It's not brain surgery, people. It's just volleyball. Mike, let's get you back to your opportunity and what you're doing right now. What was the genesis of the USAV job being offered to you and you making the decision to join the national team? Yeah, you know, I was pretty, I told you on this, I was pretty dialed in in Arizona. Uh, it was a pretty sweet gig. Um, I got to run gold medal squared. I got to hang out with all these great uh, coaches. When we run, go do clinics together, you get to hang out with Marv and all these great people. And uh, and then Jason allowed me to just come to practice and and be involved with a program that was group that's growing. And uh, my wife, uh, we just built a home, and she was dialed in. She's a yoga teacher, and so all all was good in the world. And, uh, but I, at the same time, I had been, uh, in John's ear for the last few years, just kind of through gold medal square and some random, uh, interactions, just, Hey, if there's ever an opportunity, uh, give me a shot, we'll talk. And, and, uh, so one day I got a phone call and asked me if I was interested and, uh, and, and so I came out to Anaheim and worked with the guys for a few weeks, went on a couple of world league trips and ended up in Poland and, uh, where did we go? Brazil and uh came home and away we went so it, it, it was it was tough just because of you know i'm taking my wife away from what was a very comfortable situation in arizona and uh kind of uprooting the life we just started there but um uh, she's fully supportive and uh we're really excited about the opportunity so it was something i just couldn't couldn't say no to just uh for my own personal growth and uh just to be involved with uh process and and all the guys and and learn from john for sure so did you sell the house we're keeping it okay oh would have been tragic you build the house you're excited about it and then you got to sell it how how is it for you guys a young staff you and matt furbringer in many ways contemporaries with some of the players that are still on that roster how is it that you guys balance the relationship between you as young coaches and them as older players yeah, you know, certainly something I thought about along the, the interview process and along the way, you know, um, Rich, you know, for example, Rich is, he's not just a teammate, but he's been a friend of mine for a long time. And, uh, and you know, Reed was a, we played together back when you were in the gym still with us for, I think it was a summer and, uh, yep. and Clay and, uh, some of those guys. So it certainly was, uh, something that I was aware of. Um, and actually, probably to, to get completely honest, it was something I was a little concerned about for obvious reasons. So, um, when, when, when I came in, uh, as, as when we announced that, that I was going to be the coach, I went to, uh, Rich and I would just, we went off and grabbed lunch. And, uh, the one thing that I told him is, Hey, I'm not, I'm not insecure at all about the fact that you have a wealth of knowledge about international volleyball, um, far more than I do at this point. And, uh, and I don't think I should be insecure about that. I, I just said, Hey, you, you can help me here and I think I can help you with some passing mechanics and, you know, some defensive stuff. And, uh, we got on the same page and away we went and, uh, it's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. So, um, Reed, you know, and, and all those older guys have been, it's been an absolute blast. So I think they're, it's been an adjustment because, you know, John's dynamic is different than, you know, probably some of the dynamics they've had in the past. And so they've done a great job, um, adjusting and respecting that dynamic and, uh, I think overall it's been a very positive experience. 
What's been the biggest surprise for you in that job? Uh, work demands or travel or it, maybe it's something smaller, but what uh, did you not really understand when you took the position that you now have come to realize? Uh, I think the savviness of the players. You know, these guys are smart and and the level of information that they want during a match, uh, it's impressive. And and I have to be really good and on my game, and that's actually one of my goals in the offseason, just being a younger coach, newer to the international community. Uh, I'm, stud- I'm going to be studying all of our opponents, uh, getting really familiar with them, and uh, ensuring that when we are in those big matches that I'm providing really valuable, uh, important, and useful information for these guys. So uh, just, you know, my first, my very first, time on the bench well actually it's my second time on the bench we were in Poland in front of 13,000 people and uh, we end up in a five-game match and uh, we lose 17-15 in the fifth that was my first full-time away we go so I got thrown into the fire and it was it was awesome great experience uh, but that was the one thing I noticed in that match is just the the uh, the level of information that, the, that these guys want, and they know what they're doing. They've been around for a long time. A lot of them, uh, Dave, guys like Dave Lee, and you know, and and uh, <clears throat> some of the older guys, they they're pretty savvy. So uh, that's one area that I was a little caught off guard with, and an area that I'm uh, planning on being becoming great at. It's one of my goals. So. You're listening at live here on Volleyball Magazine. We're talking to USA Volleyball Men's National Team Assistant Coach Mike Wall and Mike. You mentioned the staff members. We've talked about them here. We've talked to them. John Sparaw, Matt Furbringer, when he's not winning Manhattan Opens, is there coaching. And yourself on that staff. Tell us about the culture. Describe your office with you guys in there. I think the dynamic between our staff is it's, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's healthy. It's uh, balanced. I think that's one of the things that a lot of coaches would you know complain about, the balance and the time away from family and all that stuff. Uh, John is super respectful of that. You know, Matt's got uh, two kids and, and, and all that stuff that's going on. He's got a lot on his plate. And uh, there's a there's just an understanding that, you know, uh, we all support each other. And so the, the inner person, the, the relationships within our staff are great. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, in the gym, I think the road we're going down is is just we want to be the, come 2016 we're still not going to be the most experienced team in the world you know we're going to be going against guys that have been teams that have six starters that have all been in Olympic games and, and I don't think we're going to be that team and so we're trying to find ways that we can gain ground given a lot of new faces and, and a lot of new talent in our gym and uh, we think confidence and being fearless and uh, being a great team, being tight, uh, just the the team dynamic. Uh, those are the types of things, you know, of course, we want to be mechanically efficient and all that, kind of the obvious stuff, but um, we really want to be, uh, try to be one of the most confident teams going into 2016 and, and be tough, you know. That's uh, something we're, we really need to improve upon. We just need to be tougher and uh, mentally. And so we're putting a lot of energy into that, and uh, that's kind of the dynamic that we're, we're, we're moving towards is becoming tougher, uh, becoming confident and fearless volleyball players. And uh, we think that's an area that we could hopefully uh, gain some ground on. Mike, I was fortunate in my career to play for some great coaches, some of the same names we've mentioned here and Dunphy and Beal and my touch with McGowan over the years. And I felt like it was just serendipitous for me to have access to those people. And as I go through your resume, 
obviously the gold medal squared includes a lot of those names that we've talked about so far. But also through your resume, you find some other coaches who have been getting it done, Beth Lanier and Jason Watson, uh, to name a couple. Who's had, you think, the biggest impact on you as a coach? Or what individual thing have you pulled out of someone that uh, maybe you didn't expect when you were started working for them? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think when you come out, I think most coaches uh, initially, they are, they become who they're, you know, they become similar to the t- their teachers, you know. So if you play for Marv, you, you probably coach like Marv. If you play for Carl, you probably coach like Carl. And I think that's real common. Um, I think a lot of Carl's players, they – they love the environment we had at BYU, and and uh, when they go get coaching jobs, they want an environment that's the same. And I, and I was fortunate enough to get to go work with uh, right out of uh, right out of college. I got to go work with Stevenson, John Stevenson at St. Mary's, who just you know from a system standpoint, very much in line, but uh, different, very different uh, way to manage players and, and all that stuff. And then I went up to Utah and worked with Beth, who has a wealth of knowledge, who's you know obviously been highly successful for a long time and then uh and then with jason who uh i guess you could call him a little bit new school i don't know he just treats his players so well um he really values relationships and uh and so coming from carl who's just so focused on he's really focused on just performance and and being mechanically efficient and technique and and uh all that stuff coming from a a very uh I don't know if you, I don't know what you call it. You call it a systemic program to a program, you know, with Jason where relationships and some of the other stuff's uh, really valuable. Um, it's been great. And so I've been really fortunate to, uh, to kind of go around and learn from all these coaches, but, you know, hands down, I got to say that Carl, uh, Carl's just had an uh, enormous impact, not just on my coaching career, but on my life. And, uh, you know, I got to be in the gym with you, my entire coaching career, playing career and uh along with troy tanner so when you're when you're coached for five years by carl troy and Hugh, uh, i consider that pretty lucky so yeah very lucky indeed how's your finiente game coming along <laughs> yeah all the guys play it and i have no idea how to play it i need to learn what wait a minute <laughs> you've been in this system for this long and no one's taught you finiente i take back anything good i've ever said about all those coaches <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, I know Marv is all over it, and uh, the guys play it now too uh, in the bus and stuff. So I gotta I gotta get my game on. Play it now. Listen, I'll, I'll have you go all the way back to the '80s and '90s. They've been playing it since then. Mike Wall, pick it up, will you please? You that's your mission get, this year, get, 2014. If you do nothing else, is that my is that my off season task? That's your off season task. Learn how to play, and then you know excel. We know you'll do that. We know you'll work hard and put in the, the necessary work, but learn how to play. Hey, we have one question for you for Norsega coming off the chat board. When are you picking the team for Norsega? When can fans look forward to knowing who is going to be there in Langley to try and qualify the United States men? Yeah, you know, we just uh, announced our teams today. So uh, that's nice. I don't know that it's pu- I don't know if uh, public consumption at this point. I don't, I don't probably have to ask John that first. But, uh, yeah, we do have we – we know who's <laughs> we know who's coming and uh, uh, and uh, we're excited. So, okay. So first, Jeremy holds out Nicole Brandon information on me. Now I have you holding out on me with the the team, even though it's been named. Son of a. <laughs> yeah, you better call John on that one. I'm still I'm, I'm still a new coach around here. It's called being responsible. Kevin. I'm going back to playing Grand Theft Auto. Forget yeah, you guys. All right. Hey, uh, Mike, on your way out here, give folks information on where they can find out more about Gold Medal Square because you're still involved intimately with that program, are you not? 
yeah, you know, it's my uh it's what I'm gonna be doing for probably hopefully for the rest of my life. So yeah, absolutely. Um you can go to goldmetalsquared dot com, all spelled out, and uh we we're running a clinic actually in January at uh, Arizona State. And for those of you on the West Coast, uh, California, Arizona, Utah, wherever, um, it's a great event. Jason runs it, and uh, and uh, we'd love to see you there. So Tom Black will be there from the women's team, and I'll be there as well. So Fantastic. Good stuff, Mike. Good luck in Norsecas. We hope the United States qualifies. Those world events are critical. Those matches are good ones. And uh, work on your card game, man. Come on. Yeah, i got to get it. Pull it together. Pull it together. Yeah. Very good. Mike, thanks for the time. Bye-bye. We sure appreciate it. All right, Thanks, guys. checking in from Anaheim, just out of practice there with the USA men's national team. I'll tell you what, it's so funny that Carl retires and his boredom generates the gold medal squared clinics. That's funny. He couldn't ski, you know, 200 days up there in Park City. He had to find something else to Can't do. Can't play golf all the time. It's a, it's the frog and the scorpion. He's a scorpion. He can't frog stop. frog and the scorpion. You know the story of the frog and scorpion? Drink. I'm sure there's a drink in there somewhere. You know the story, or do I have to tell this? You I told this on the show before here. I don't know. I don't listen to you sometimes. <sighs> the frog and the scorpion, if I haven't told it here on the program before, frog is on the side of a river, fast-rushing river, and a scorpion walks up and says, can I get a ride across the river? The frog says, you crazy? You're going to sting me. The scorpion goes, why would I sting you? If I sting you and we're in the river, we both die. The frog thinks about it for a second. He says, all right, hop on. This doesn't end well for the frog. The scorpion gets on, halfway across the river, the frog feels something in his back. Ah! Scorpion, why did you sting me? And as they're going down in the middle of the river, Scorpion says to the frog, I'm a scorpion. That's what I do. It's true that. True that, man. Carl, he's a coach. That's what he does. So you can't really retire. You can just change jobs. You can just, yeah. You can just change jobs. It's the it's reason I don't play volleyball anymore, man. I step out on the volleyball court. I don't know how to go half speed. Sorry. Can't do it. Sorry, knees. I can't go half speed. It's just not not workable for me mentally. Well, Jeremy, we've reached the end of another Net Live, and we've reached the end of my staples. You're welcome for being back, Kevin, and not taking more than two weeks off. I appreciate you. I appreciate your music and what you bring to this program. I'm sure listeners who have listened to my music selections have appreciated you. Tour through the... Uh, early 90s, what'd you do late last, 90s, what'd Smashing you do Pumpkins. last week? I know the week before it was Smashing Pumpkins. What'd you do last uh, week? You know, I threw in a little M83 for people at some point, too. Okay. I gave them a little outro, which okay. is from Cloud Atlas, yeah. uh, which as an idea I recommend. I'm not sure. It's a, it's not a great film, but as a as an idea film, I really like. Okay. I watched it a couple times just for that. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what else I threw at him. I can't remember. I was probably in a mad panic and uh, and just hit play on whatever was on iTunes. I had no idea. Really sad. Awesome. If, if if we could get my wife to sub for you, that would work out okay. She's the music aficionado in the family. She would do fine. The fans would be happy. But she has what I like to call a real job. Well, somebody's got to support me. I hear that one. I mean, I you know I pretend to work, but really I'm just playing video games all day. Obviously. And watching Oprah. Don't tell your kids you have Grand Theft Auto Five. Well, it's not Oprah now. It's you know Doctor Phil or Doctor Oz. Who, by the way. It's like Skeletor. Can he get any more chiseled in his face? Dr. Oz. Really, get some collagen or something, that's, man. That's a drink, for sure. You're looking sharp in the face. Mm-hmm. Good gracious. All right, you've reached the end of yet another episode of The Net Live. I want to thank April Ross, Mike Wall, Brandon Rosenthal, Deb Static, the ABCA, 
as well as Volleyball Magazine for their contributions to this program. Thanks to Jeremy Roche for once again showing up and adding to this show. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Get out there and get on USAV.org. It'll take you to TeamUSA.org slash USA Volleyball, where you can click on the live streaming. Watch the women play from Norseka. And if you are in an affected state, you know you need to be over there in Omaha. Get in your car, drive over, see some of these matches, watch these women play. They're very good at what they do. The men will be on their way shortly to Langley, B.C. That is British Columbia, for those of you, not before Christ. All right, get up to Langley, B.C. if you can and watch those matches. The United States team is in action. We also have coming up uh, end of next week, you'll have the Santa Barbara tournament happening out here. The AVP will be in action. So a lot of volleyball still to be played as we come down to the end of the summer and a lot of net lives still to be done. Thanks for getting us via iTunes or tuning in live. We'll see you again next week here on TNL. Volleyball Magazine, the only print publication covering all aspects of the sport you love. VBM has been publishing the latest in volleyball news for over 35 years. With exclusive photo galleries, player interviews, event coverage, product reviews, and volleyball-specific health and fitness advice, Volleyball Magazine is a great resource for players and fans of all levels. Now with an even more robust online presence, check out VolleyballMag.com to subscribe and find exclusive web content and articles. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, Volleyball Mag is the industry's number one volleyball magazine.